glory. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We give you honor, Lord. We give you honor, Lord.
This is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. My name is Christian Gossett. Thank you for joining in in person. We see some new faces, so we're happy that you could attend. Uh, we thank thankful for everyone that's um, tuning in online through Zoom and on Instagram. Uh, God bless you guys. And before we jump into today's uh, topic, does anyone have any like praise reports or any testimonies they would like to share before we get started? Okay, there's one right here. Um, there's a lot I could say, but for the sake know, of time, I'll right? Save it for another day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, the other night I, <clears throat> I, I woke up because I've been in spiritual warfare against witchcraft for almost a month now. Okay. Um, and I would cast out demons, but for some reason they wouldn't leave. Okay. The other night I woke up and then um, <clears throat> I was wor- directed to towards a video that Vlad um does. Vlad? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Vlad. Yeah. And this video is talking about principalities, right? Mm-hmm. So he was talking about how, um, you know, everyone, they were rebellious. We were once all together, right? Living yeah. in one ground. People were re- rebellious, and then God separated everybody into, um, you know, different countries. And then yeah. he gave them different tongues, different languages. That way they wouldn't rebel together. Mm. So and then what God revealed to me about my deliverance is that I've been battling the tribal uh, principality of Africa okay. and its tribes. Okay. And what he revealed to me today, because um, I uh, was not, it's not even just about like one type of sin. You know yeah. how God says all sin are, are equal? Yeah. So simil- similarly to that, it's like all principalities could easily get in, not just from uh, fornication with different nations, but mm. when you look at something from a different nation mm-hmm. and you get outraged, a principality en- enters. So God is saying um, deliverance isn't just from, you know, one principality. Mm-hmm. Fights from different principalities of different areas. So my next principality I'm dealing with is in America, and mm-hmm. that one has caused a lot of just trouble because of uh, even fornication, like um, yeah. uh, nudity and all these other yeah, stuff. Yeah, morality. Yeah, so stuff, the yeah. one from America, it's you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah so he's he's just revealing more and more about uh, freedom isn't yeah. just you know you're casting them out. It's voodoo. Satan is weak. Yeah. So what he does is that you give him a, a moment to enter. He leaves your body with voodoo inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's interesting. So just to kind of give you a backstory, um, she's from Africa. Do you want to share what part? Oh, yeah. So um, I'm from uh, Tanzania, and I lived in a village. So there was a, a lot of like tribal practices. They did a lot so, of witchcraft. So we knew. And they did that stuff. Uh, we had friends and fun. friends and family that are you know do voodoo. Uh, we yeah. have friends. We came to America. They do voodoo. Yeah. So it, it's normal for, for like a person to turn into an animal. In a way. Yeah. yeah. So I know this is, might be heavy because <laughs> you guys are new, but um, the thing is, the stuff is real. Um, you look at the Native American skinwalkers. I'm not trying to get all freaky spiritual, but the thing is, um, when I gave my life to Christ, let's give you a little backstory. There's no cell. There's no cell. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so when I gave my life to Christ, you know, I grew up in church, right? I saw, like, how people do church, and, you know, they act like this on Sunday. They live devilish all the rest of the week. I'd never seen a representation of Jesus, and it came to a point where I started going down the wrong road. You know, all my, like, my dad was in prison. My 
cousin was in prison, my uncle was in prison, they all lived that gang lifestyle. And then on top of that, you know, I started not hanging out with the right people. And I started, you know, just, you know, you temper with one thing, right? You start smoking cigarettes, start smoking weed, now it's cocaine, now it's ecstasy. It's all, it starts going, going, going. And then I start selling a little bit here and there. And then I'm, you know, just doing bad things. And I realized that I wasn't right with God. And I had, I felt like I had like those personal demons in me of anger, of violence, of greed, of lust, all that stuff. Cause I was, I just, I, I always felt like I was tormented. You know what I mean? Like, I always felt like I just, I was always angry. I hated people. I hated people. And now I open my house to random people. You know, so, so God, God does amazing work. But why, why I'm sharing this stuff? Because when I, when I was literally crying out to God, because my life was in shambles, I was about to commit suicide and I was drunk and wasted. And I said, God, if you're real, make yourself known to me. I don't want religion. I don't want to. I, I don't want what people say. I need a personal encounter with you right now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end it, cause I'm no good. I hurt everyone I love. I. I, I need a redo. Hope they all come reincarnated. I don't know. And man, I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord came in my room. The peace of God swept all that suicide, all that like just anger and greed and pride, and I like just didn't kill myself. And then I just started going on this walk with the Lord, and I really started seeing like this is for real and our life can actually represent this and the thing is a lot of the church has done us a disservice because they try to preach a feel-good message and they don't ever preach the real gospel where it commands you to change it demands you to transform if you were born this way you need to become born again right like that's that's why i tell people i mean i deal with all types of different backgrounds and ethnicities and cultures so you know, that, that demonic stuff is a real thing in our society. You know, um, you know, people that deal with, don't know what gender they are or homosexual tendencies or just anything, right? Addiction, it, it can be just sleeping around, whatever, pornography is huge. I mean, they say 50% of pastors watch pornography. That's insane. That's wild, you know what I mean? And the thing is, I used to like be addicted to that and Jesus set me free from that. So if he set me free from the drugs, from the addiction pornography to the women, I mean, just clean me out. You know what I mean? But the thing is, we have to open ourselves to be cleaned by him, right? He's, he's, the, he's the potter, we're the clay, right? And he molds us and shapes us. But thank you for sharing, because it, people don't talk about that. People get kind of hesitant, like, oh, that's kind of weird. And, but this stuff, is, this stuff is real. And, you know, I've dealt with witches, I've dealt with warlocks. But the most criticism, the most persecution I get is with Christians. <laughs> that, those are my biggest uh, people. I mean, I've, the church has come against me. I've had, you know, I even had someone uh, just recently say, oh, you're doing water baptisms wrong. And I'm like, well, you know, and this, and this stuff of that nature, and we just let it go, right? We just, we have, to, we have to obey what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do at that very moment. And obviously be biblically sound. But, you know, it's like, I know Jesus loves me and demons want to kill me. You know, I had someone literally hit me up this week and say, hey, I was trying to do a self-deliverance on YouTube and that demon just like literally um, paralyzed her. And she said that demon said, I want to kill Christians. So they're, they're going to be after you. But the thing is, I'm going to talk about today and what's so powerful, I'm going to talk how we have overcome the evil one and how to fight back the enemy and how to fight back those thoughts and how to fight back those temptations and whatever the enemy's trying to get you back yes. in. 
So I'm going to teach about that today because a lot of a lot of the church, not saying all the church, but some of the church doesn't really talk about that stuff because personally those pastors are dealing with the same stuff and they ain't mentioning it. Yeah, they got issues too. You know what I mean? And until you have a true encounter with Jesus, your whole life changes. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. You know what I mean? So anyways, does anybody else have anything to share? Okay. Okay, do you want to speak on that mic, if you could, please? Yeah, I can. Okay, thank you. So, I'm, I will talk with mistakes. No, no, um, no. No, you're fine, you're good. Uh, so, yesterday, I had strong pain in part of my back, uh-huh. and it was very long, maybe two hours, and can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I decided to use oil, and I did oil cross, Christ on my back, yeah. and it was instantly... Wow. And I didn't feel today pain. Uh, None of that. It's really impressive because two hours is very long. Wow. Glory to God. That's amazing. (laughs) Jesus is the healer. That's for sure. Yeah, before I'm dead, um, before I'm pray, I mean, yesterday I'm not pray, but I'm had faith. Mm. Uh, Strong faith. It supports me and it's really support me. Mm. So. Benjamin, you can say history about Jesus' sign. About? Uh, it's oil. Oh. Are you talking about uh, the, o- the oil cross? Yeah, just one, <laughs> one day I pray and say, Jesus, please give me a sign for more strong faith. Okay, to have stronger faith. Yeah. That's good, yeah. yeah. And uh, in, in this day, Jesus gave me sign him. It's oil was close. Mm. And it's oil just inform Christ on table. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's, cross, it's yeah. can't be. It's just... That's wild. Yeah. That's awesome. And after I start use uh, oil for healing. And this really support me. Oh, that's amazing. Good. Yeah. See, the thing is, you just don't like... A lot of this stuff is unorthodox, mm-hmm. right? You don't like, oh, you have to do it this way, this way, and this way. I've seen Jesus heal so many different types of people. And even, I don't even touch them and they get healed. I literally prayed for this lesbian um, that we were at a vegan restaurant. And she's like, we're talking, right? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go get some smokes and whatever. And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to minister to her. And she said that she got hit by a car, like this, this messed up disc l4 and five like just all messed up and i was telling her i said hey you know do, do you know jesus do you have an encounter and he's like oh yeah i know we're cool we're buddy and all that and i was like okay and uh <laughs> but she's homeless you know she's living this lifestyle that you know god doesn't agree with but you know i'm not here to judge a sin is a sin is a sin is a sin and so i, I come to a point where i felt like hey you know you're dealing with back pain do you, can i pray for you She's like, no, dude, I'm good. Like, no, we're cool. I said, I said, I don't have to touch you. Just let me pray for you. It'll be 30 seconds. And so I actually kind of did it against her will. And I said, in Jesus' name, I command your back to be healed. Every from the top to the bottom of the shoulders of feet, I command 100% holy. She goes, dude, like, what the F? And then, like, she said, her whole back gets healed. So I like, and the thing is, she's like, dude, you are holy. And I'm like, no, it's Jesus. You know what I mean? But the thing is, it's like, we, I, I, I can't knock people down for their experiences that they get. Obviously, we base off the word, but like, I, I, I believe you. I believe what you're saying too. 
You know what I mean? So I, I can't just put God in a box, right? But we do follow the word, and that's what keeps us in order where we're not going crazy doctrines, right? Because then we can get, like, real weird. We're like, oh, angel told me that there's a, another testament. And, yeah. you know, well, I'm just saying, like, we can get into different religions, per se. But that's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Does anyone else have anything to share? Sure. It's mainly deliverance, but it's uh, specifically witchcraft because uh, God wants to appoint more people towards that ministry. Yeah. So he has allowed me to now see the spirits. I can mm. ask your Holy Spirit mm. what voodoo is resting in this person's mm. body. Did you have a discernment? So I've, I've listed a few things just specifically for a few people here today. Wow. So I would like to share at the end. Okay. Like when we're done. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we can do that privately. Private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah, because voodoo, witchcraft, all that stuff is huge in Africa. That's just like, it's a big thing. And we don't tend to think that it's here in America, but a lot of it's just covered by like New Age. I don't know if you've been like Sedona, that stuff, crystals. Um, you know, they tarot card reading, medium, psychics. That's just becoming a new thing. Like you can just go and buy that stuff and you don't realize that you're opening doors. You're opening portals that you're letting things in. I mean, there's already generational curses, but I know for the fact, because I've casted out many demons, is that they still bow to the name of Jesus every time. They never come out in Allah's name. They never come out in Buddha's name. They never come out in Muhammad's name, Joseph Smith. They come out in the name of Jesus. And that's what we kind of do. We go down to the foundation of the Great Commission, right? It says, preach the gospel to all nations. Preach to every creature. Lay hands on the sick and shall recover. Cast out demons in his name. Raise the dead back to life. And cleanse the lepers. And I guess just to give you guys a little background, because I know you guys are new, is that you know, my first encounter with like a real like kind of demon was last November and it was at my grandparents' house. We were doing this and this lady wanted me, she was a Native American woman. She wanted me to pray for her. She's always been at church. She's spirit filled. Her parents had a satellite ministry in the Navajo Nation. So she's always been around church and she's been a Christian all her life, but she wanted me to pray for her. And so I did. When I prayed for her, just to make a long story short, I said, every unclean spirit, leave her. Every spirit in front of me, leave her. And she starts to shake uncontrollably. And I'm like, this is weird. And I'm like, maybe the Holy Spirit's on her. I don't know. And then I felt like Holy Spirit's like, no, that's not me. I was like, so what do you do? You either A, you run. (laughs) Two, you take care of it. Or, you know, three, you have grandpa and grandma deal with it. And I don't think they wanted to deal with it at that time. Cause it was their first time seeing it. Yeah. So anyways, that girl manifested and uh, she got delivered and she started yelling and screaming for me. At first, it's kind of like, whoa, this is real. But then you have this Holy Ghost confidence in you. Are you like, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. And they still came out in the name of Jesus and, you know, find out she went to uh, a shaman in the Navajo Nation because she was waiting on an answer for God ended up going and tampering with the wrong stuff and that entered her so that's how it's real stuff you know what i mean i've dealt with stuff in my family but 
we're going to talk about how we can overcome that, okay? So we're not, we're not trying to glorify the stuff because it's nothing to be glorified. They've already been defeated 2,000 years ago. So um, anyways, I guess I have a testimony to share. I'll share it real quick, and then we'll get into teaching. But, you know, um, last Friday, me and Chelsea, we went to go. We were trying to figure out what we're going to eat before, uh, before we start work in the morning. So we went to, I wanted to go to Morning Glory. She's like, let's go to First Watch because it's down the street. So I'm like, okay, let's go to First Watch. So anyways, we're making a long short. We're having a good time. We're having fun. We're talking about. To be fair, I never want to go to First Watch. To be fair. And the thing is, too, was while, too, we were talking about how someone the other day, last night, Thursday night, we cast out demons out of this person. Last that Thursday. Last Thursday. So, anyways, we're just talking. We're just having a good time. We're like, wow, God's really changed us. Like, we're just doing this thing. And we had a waiter, and I wasn't getting anything in my spirit for the person. So he told us to pay the bill up front, and, and then we saw uh, Heather. And I just instantly heard in my spirit, like, she deals with uh, headaches, with migraines. And they're coming on her, and, then, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to... Because my wife used to deal with migraine headaches. So I thought maybe I was getting it for her, but then I'm like, no, I know Jesus freed her from it, so I know she's good. Like, she rarely ever, ever, ever gets them. Long story short, yeah, so long story short, I asked her, and she, like, just kind of looked at me like a deer in the headlights, and she's like, yeah, that's weird. It just came all of a sudden. Like, it was like, how did you know that? And I told her I wasn't a psychic. You know, it's good that you tell people this, right? I'm not a medium. Um, I just I have a relationship with Jesus, and he talks to me like he can talk to anybody of you because you guys are believers in Christ. You have a covenant with him, and I just feel like God speaks to me for people because he's trying to reach them. And she was like, you know, she was touched by that, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. She's receiving it. At least she's not saying like, you know, I've, I've had people backlash at me <laughs> times too, like, what the? Anyways. So um, we ended up uh, praying for her, and I was mentioning that this was wrapped to a place of unforgiveness. And when we have strongholds in our lives, um, unforgiveness is, is such a, a bitter poison. Um, it will pollute the whole system. But what's amazing about Jesus is that he'll uproot that whole thing from you if you just give it to him, right? And we talk about how Jesus forgave us a much. And we have to forgive others, even how bad they hurt us, even the trauma, the pain, the suffering. I mean, look how much he went through for us. You know what I mean? So we always have to look at him as, our, as the author and finisher of our faith. But anyways, so we're outside, and me and Chelsea, we're talking to her, and we're just ministering to her, and I'm just telling her that, like, hey, Jesus wants to heal you, but you have to let that go. You know, like, that's, a, that's an inner thing, right? Jesus always works from the inside out, I've noticed. And sometimes when we release it, it will leave us. They don't have a contract to be there. And on top of that, I felt like the Lord said, her back is messed up too. You need to pray for that. And she was stunned by that as well. And the thing is why we do what we do is that we can bring Jesus anywhere. Mm -hmm. I tell you guys that. He can meet you at a movie theater. He can meet you at the restaurant. He can meet you at the gym. He can meet you at the gas station. I can can tell you so many stories. We'd be here all night sharing testimony of how God's touched people. So anyways, she's here with her husband, Jason. So that's amazing. So God had a counter, so we're thankful that they came. And it was so cool, too, that um, I was able to minister to this young man named uh, Max. And he was grabbing these, like, big things of CBD and putting in his car. And I was just asking him why he was doing that. He got it for free. And he's a big old dude, like, big corn-fed dude. 
you know? And uh, I'm like, dang, God always gives me like the biggest dudes, always. I always say like David and Goliath, like all the dudes I minister, they're like six foot six. And I'm like, all right, God, you got this. So anyways, uh, long story short, I, I, I knew that he was dealing with back pain and he said that he had an L4 and L5 messed up. So I told him, I said, hey man, God wants to heal you and really touch you. So he sits on the edge of his car. So I'm at work, I'm just on break. And he's right beside my work. I have him sit on the edge of his car and I pray for him and his leg was like this off. So what happens is one of his legs is overcompensating for the other. So all those nerves, those joints, those vertebrae are constantly being tugged in, in pain, right? So when I prayed for him, the Lord grew his leg out, made it even, and he instantly said, dude, what the F? And he started touching his toes. He said, I never could do this before. And it was crazy that God just totally ministered him. I invited him to come. But the thing is, is that we can't just be like, oh, well, they cuss, and, or they do this and this and that. It doesn't matter. Jesus will do the laundry. He'll clean them up. You know what I mean, we just need to minister and plant the seed and water, and God will bring the increase, and he'll bring the harvest. So I just encourage you guys, be the light everywhere you're at. Because we're, we're in a dark world, very dark. But, you know, we have, we have the light of our salvation through the Lord Jesus. So that's all I have to share. Anything else? No. Okay. Sorry for the long introduction, but we're going to jump into prayer, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So, Father God, thank you for everyone here, Father. We thank you for this time that we get a fellowship and have communion with you. We thank you, Lord God, for each and every person that's here, Lord God, that you'd give them uh, ears to hear, you'd give them eyes to see, that you'd open the eyes of their heart, Lord God, and that they would have uh, uh, a place where they wouldn't judge or, or feel like, you know, this is weird, but they would have an open heart, Lord God, for anyone, even online, anywhere here, Lord God, but that they would see that, Jesus, you are the Redeemer. You are the Deliverer. You are the Healer. You are our salvation. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him today. And that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of His calling. That we may know the riches and glory that are in the inheritance in the saints and know the exceeding greatness of His power towards them that, towards them that believe. Holy Spirit, I ask you to have your way. I yield my vessel to you. Holy Spirit, use me in any way possible. You're the master. You dictate this whole thing, and I'm just here to be a vessel of honor. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that any type of distractions from the enemy, any type of demonic agenda and activity would be silenced and would be bound right now in Jesus' name. It would not prevail, and that the peace of God would rule in our hearts today, and that the joy of the Lord would be our strength today. And Lord God, we just give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, perfect, perfect. All right, so if you guys got your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, if you have your notebooks, you just want to listen, I don't care um, what you do, but uh, we're going to talk about overcoming the evil one. That's the title for today, overcoming the evil one. Now... Before I jump in, this is not glorifying Satan. This is not glorifying the kingdom of darkness. This is about how do we as Christians overcome the enemy on a daily basis? How can we do that? How does that look realistic in our life? Because it's not helpful to say, well, Satan's been defeated 2,000 years ago. Okay, yeah, Jesus did defeat him. But if you don't know your authority, 
If you don't know your power, if you don't know the gifts and the calling and the tools that God's given you to fight back the enemy, then it's good for nothing. Right? And the thing is, you're going to waste your inheritance. You're going to waste what Jesus paid for on that cross. Right? And a lot of people don't understand that because I think a lot of people just get saved so they have their ticket to heaven. But really, we can live heaven on earth. Right? What's, what's, the Lord's, what's the Lord's prayer, the model prayer? Hallowed be thy name on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to have the kingdom of heaven be here. So when I go into a, to an area like the gym, like a restaurant, anywhere, grocery store, I bring the kingdom of heaven. And that's the Holy Spirit, right? It says the kingdom of heaven is neither food nor drink, but is righteousness joy and peace within the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what gives you the access to heaven. He's your direct communication with the Father. He's the mediator, right? Jesus is the mediator between man and God, but Holy Spirit is what gives you direct access to the Father, okay? Mm -hmm. So just kind of going in that sense. So we're going to go to 1 John chapter 2, and we're going to start verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, if you have on your phone, if you want to just listen, by all means. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Also, too, just to mention that we are going to do a tent revival in the city of Yuma this weekend. Glory to God. So all the people that can join, I thank you for your support because we are going to war, right? We're, we're taking over that land for the Lord. So, um we have to realize that we're soldiers. We're warriors to the kingdom of God. We're not just helpless Christians, right? Jesus didn't leave us with nobody. He left us with the helper, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor, the teacher, the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit that hovered over the waters, right? The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. So when you realize who you are in Christ as a son and daughter to the most high God, the demons are scared of you. The enemy is terrified of you. But if you don't know who you are, they'll punk you. They'll test you. They'll think, okay, what you got? Let's see what you got. But then when you fight back and you hit them with the right uppercut in the spirit, they're done. <laughs> hey, I just got this little, little, little visual right there. But um, So let's read it from the top, okay? First John chapter 2. My little children. Who is he talking to? These things I write to you. So that you may not sin, and if anyone sins, we have it with the Father. Jesus. We hear that word a lot. What is what is no. So it's to be in right standing with God, right relations with God. So for you to even be in the presence of the Father, you have to be righteous. You can't, like, you can't have no sin in you. But you're like, Christian, how, does that, how is that possible if I'm sitting on a daily basis and I'm repenting and asking God to forgive my sins? It's because you have the righteousness of God within you is the Holy Spirit. That cannot be tampered, be polluted. That cannot be possessed. When you're a Christian, you cannot be possessed by a demon. You can be oppressed, different. Possession is different. Oppression is upon influencing, right, making you move in different ways. Possession is full on taking, like, a hold of you, and you can't control it. 
There's a difference. I've dealt with different types of that. But anyways, we have the Holy Spirit in us as believers. Verse 2, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean, propitiation? Yeah, he, New King James Version. Yeah, propitiation, like what he was saying, he's the sacrifice for the sin, right? He, he's the one that is taking it upon himself to pay that penalty that we so deserve, right? Because the sin of sin is death. We deserve death for sin. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? So, um, if you want to move on the other end, please. Thank you. Um, so, we'll go back to verse 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So, think about that. Jesus is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. So now we're in verse 3. Testing of knowing him. Now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Now what does that mean? Right? Jesus says if you love me, you keep my commandments. That... That, that commandment is not just the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. That commandment is really based on two, right? Jesus came and fulfilled 614 Jewish laws plus the Ten Commandments. That's why he was perfect, right? He, he, God made him to know no sin, that he would become sin so we could become the righteousness of God in, in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That Jesus was blameless, spotless, right? Perfect Lamb of God. But he came and paid the penalty, fulfilled the law, and he says, you can fulfill the law if you follow these two commandments. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, right, and strength, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You don't love your neighbor if you're stealing from them. You don't love your neighbor if you're committing adultery on his wife. You don't love your neighbor if you're doing tax evasion on right? There's the thing is you can say you love God. So there's a lot of people that say, oh, but their life doesn't represent it. Right? There's no fruit that's bearing that they do love Jesus or they have a relationship. Right? And this is what it's saying. It's like, do you know him? This is how you know him. This I can tell if you know him, right? So and it says, but whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Now I mean you're gonna make mistakes, of course. Does that mean that, you know, um, you know you're going to repent at times? Yeah. The thing is, this is talking about habitual sin. Habitual and continuous sin, living that lifestyle, is really not a representation of that you love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like me, I was a hypocrite for the most time. I would, like, I'd party all night. I'd, like, have, like, you know, blood leaks coming out of my nose from doing coke all night. I'd be hungover the next day going to church, you know, and just partying and did whatever, and, you know, several girls and all that, and I'm like, I had no conviction. I had no conviction of my sin. I thought I was right with God. I was, I read my Bible. I went to church. You know, I sang during worship. 
but I never had a relationship with Jesus until I reached my end, until I surrendered, until I said, yes, I'm willing to give it all. That's when I had an encounter with Jesus. And that's when he changed my whole life. But it took time. You know what I mean? That anger didn't leave me overnight. It left after six months. You know what I mean? But I was in his word, and I was growing, and I was in fellowship and communion with him. And that's what changed me from the out. Yeah, so perfected in him, by this we know that we are in him. So verse 6. He who, who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. What does abide mean? What does that word abide mean? Does anyone know? Yeah. Yeah, so abiding is even deeper than that. Abiding is, is dwelling. So you're literally dwelling in that place. Like right now, I could say I abide in my house, right? Because I'm, I dwell here. This is where I live, this is where I cook, this is where I clean, right? And you guys are just here, and then you guys are going to go home to your house and abide. But this is what it's saying about abiding. It says, he who abides in him ought himself walk just as he walked. That means it's having this such, it's like dwelling in this place where you're locked in with him. You're not leaving Jesus at the house and then doing all your stuff and then coming back to him. He's with you every, all day long. And his presence is with you. But we tend to forget because we get so distracted with work and then, you know, our, our marriages, our children. And, it, you know, we can get in this whole tangent. So anyways, you know, you're probably saying, Christian, why are you talking about this stuff? Because for you to fight the enemy, you got to do this first. <laughs> you got to walk with him. You got to abide by his law. Because I can't just be like, hey, you know what, Grandpa, you can, you can fight Satan, you know, and you, you're going to win. But his whole lifestyle is sin. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. I had too many tormenting of my life. I remember I would cry out to God to be like feeling like my heart was beating out my chest because I did coke and drinking and in the clubs, you know. I'm like, God, please, just, just take this away from me. Get this off me. Da, da, da. And then next week I'm doing the same thing. Right? There's, I can't fight the enemy back if I'm in his playground. You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm there participating in what he likes to do. You know what I mean? But God will change your heart. He'll develop it. This is why I'm going to talk about why we use the word to fight Satan back. But I'm going to continue along. So, seven. Brethren, I write to you. I write to you, but an old which you have the old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning verse 8, again a new commandment I write to you which thing and in, excuse me, and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now did you hear that? he who hates his brother, what does that mean? not you're necessarily your personal brother, anybody, right? Because if Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, he's talking about your brother, your sister, in Christ, and also any unbeliever yeah, as well. Yeah, anybody. And this is what he's saying. So, verse 10, he who loves his brother abides in the light. What does that mean? dwells in the light. 
He houses in the light. He hates the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because darkness has blinded his eyes. This is not my opinion. This is the word of God. I'm just, I'm just reading it. This is what he says about hating. Right? It says that you commit murder when you hate somebody. That's Jesus' standards. Right? I know it gets uncomfortable because we don't really talk about the standards of God. But Jesus says, if you look with a woman with lust or vice versa, you commit adultery in your heart. Now, that's a high standard. So when, you, when I talk to people, and they're like, oh, no, I'm a person. No, you're not. Because <laughs> his standard of good and your standard of good, they're not here. That's why you need Jesus. Jesus gets you to the standard, not by your works and not by you being a good person to earn your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. It's a free gift. It's a gift of salvation. It's a gift of God. And that's why God says that no man shall boast. That means no one, no one can go before God and be like, hey, I, I was so good. I got in here. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to go through the process to get through there, right? So that's why when we were singing His mercy... Thank God for his mercy, because we wouldn't be able to live this life without him. And I mean, when I say that, yeah, you can live your life without Jesus. And you can have your independency, and you can do whatever you want. But there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time where you lose it all. Or let's just say you don't lose it all. Let's just say you just have everything. Right? But Jesus said, what is it to gain the whole world but to lose your soul? That's the equivalent of your soul to God. The whole world is, one soul is more precious than the whole world to God. Why would he, why would he make that? Why would he make that currency in a way, right? That um, for, you, for it to be parallel, right? To be like a, a man's soul is worth the whole world or gaining the whole world but losing your whole soul, right? So why, why I say this stuff is that we need to walk in love with people. And love, right, covers a multitude of sins. Love conquers, right? Love never fails. But the thing is, it's like, I can't bring the kingdom of God to someone if I have no compassion for them, if I have no love of God. If I just would have been like, hey, well, she's just another woman here at this restaurant. And just went about my business. But God had a different plan. And all I did was say yes. I said, God, you love this woman. I'm going to just be your mouthpiece. And look at that. She brings her husband. And who else is going to bring next time? Maybe the dog, maybe the cat, maybe the kids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, the thing is, is that we don't realize an impact that we make on people just by a word, just by a smile just by saying hey jesus loves you i've had it so many times i say to people and they're like yeah whatever and i'm like he really does i promise <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but uh the thing is uh we can only be the representation we are the ambassadors to the kingdom of god so i'm gonna carry along um their spiritual state verse 12 i write to you little children that means us because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. 
Did you hear that? You have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father, and I have written to you, fa- to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. Did you hear that? Abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Okay, see, all right, want me to read that little piece again? Right, so that means it must be important, right? If it, and then, but what I love about the end piece, he says, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. So for you to be physically strong, that word, you have to dwell in his word. You got to be in his word. See, the word was made flesh, Jesus, right? Yes. He was made flesh. But then it says, when you are that, you can overcome the wicked one, right? And the thing is, we need this revelation. We need this knowledge and wisdom that sometimes we can't really get it in a church service because they have to, like, they got all this agenda. They got to do all this stuff. But when we can just sit here and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and customize a word and get it to a place where we can understand it, that is gonna be, <laughs> that's going to be such a deep revelation for you than you would get in a thousand sermons, mm-hmm. right? Well, they say one miracle is worth a thousand sermons, right? Go for it. Yes. I, I used to um, go to church, you know, a good church, but they never really encouraged me to read the Word. So I was this type of Christian that never read the Word. Yeah. And I, I could sense Holy Spirit nudging me, saying, like, read your Word, read your Word, but I would never read it. I would just go to the world, like, you know, Oprah Winfrey. You know, Oprah Winfrey, or just, you know, Oprah Winfrey, like, they have good motivational, and it, it uplifts you for a minute, but then you just crash back down, so it, it didn't sustain me, but yeah. this is, that ministered to me, because now, like, four years ago, I just started, like, hungering and thirsting for the word, and I just, like, devour the word, word, and now yeah. I can overcome the evil one, I yeah. can overcome the depression, the anxiety, the suicide, the, yeah. you know, I can overcome, like, praying for demons to come out but it's till I got this word Amen. in me and and that relationship with Holy Spirit that yeah that I grew abiding like abiding. I was a couch potato Christian for like ever <laughs> and now it's like whoa like I feel like I'm a real Christian because yeah. of the word and his presence so good yeah. that's awesome because we the thing is um God didn't call us to be bystanders God called us to be in the front lines of his army when you give your life to Jesus, yeah, you know, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you have salvation. But you also got enlisted into the army, and you're a soldier for the kingdom of God. And there's no cheerleaders. There's just soldiers, right? And the thing is, um, I want to talk to you about how to put on the full armor of God and how to really fight back. Because I'm not here to give a feel-good message. I'm here to empower you through God's word and his grace. That's what I'm here to do. Uh, what I do mostly, I just train people to be soldiers, and then I ship them out. I always wanted to be a Marine. I always wanted to go in the military, and I never did. But then I'm like, oh, I got into God's army, and I'm doing his work. And it's like, it's obviously different because it's in a spiritual sense. But man, you face so much adversity and opposition. But man, God is so faithful that we've, we've overcome, right? Benjamin can testify the things that we, we, we get because we don't, we just don't leave the church in the church building or in this. We go out to the public, and then we see God just really 
hit people. I mean, we've had times where people are just shooting up fentanyl, coming, sitting down, and I'm preaching, and then we, like, water baptize them. Their countenance just changes. Like, I mean, they literally just stop being high. And just, like, it's, I mean, their eyes clear up. Like, you could just see they got free. And this is amazing. That's why we, what we do what we do. I mean, the last one we went to, we were praying for this guy that was in a walker, and he started walking. So Jesus, like, he's the healer, he's the deliverer, he's the, he's all of it, man. So, he's amazing. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. How are we doing on time? Ooh, okay, I gotta, I'm not gonna speed, I'm not gonna speed up, but we're gonna, we're gonna keep it rolling. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Okay, all right, I'm gonna start. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Okay, that's the first thing he's saying to us. Be strong in the Lord. What does that mean? Abiding in the Lord and the power of his might, not your might, not what you can do, right? It's what God can do through you. I can't cast out a demon. I can't heal the sick. I can't raise the dead. I can't preach right or I can't preach good. The thing is, is that you have to abide in the Lord, right? Jesus in John chapter 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branch, and my father is the vine dresser, the gardener. And whoever abides in me, right, is going to be fruitful and multiply and be my disciple. But whoever is not connected to me will be cut off like a withering branch and thrown into the fire. I just pruned, me and grandpa just pruned my lemon tree right now, right? (laughs) And And we got rid of those branches, Right? They're not connected to the source. See, your spouse is a resource. He's not or she's not the source. God's your provider. God's your Jehovah Jireh. Right? I'm not against doctors. doctors, I'm not against nurses. But who do you put your faith in? Because I've prayed for babies in the NICU room that were going to die. The doctor said, take the plug out. That baby's going to be dead. I prayed, Jesus rose that baby back. Two of them. And it was word of mouth that she said, I know someone that can pray for your baby to get healed. I prayed for one baby. It didn't even look human. It was the size of a potato. It was a pound. And I could see a dark entity in that corner of that NICU room. And when I told that spirit of death to leave, get off that baby, that baby the next week, she was pretty her skin was recovering. I mean, it was just, it was glorious. So um, I just thank the Lord that I can experience this stuff because I didn't experience that just going to church. I experienced that when I was in his presence and I spent time with him and I would just commune with him every day. Like me and you would talk. You know what I mean? Like I call you on the phone. You're talking to the Lord like that. It doesn't have to be so formal. You know what I mean? So, okay. Sorry, guys. All right, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That means the schemes of the devil. That means the attacks of the devil. That means any type of agenda or operations against your life. Okay? Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh or blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in heavenly places. So just to be straight up, people are not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. 
the spirit behind your boss, behind those people, are your problem. Yep. There's been so many times I'll have people just saying, oh, I hate you, I can't stand you, this and this and that. I didn't do nothing to them. Mm -hmm. But they can see who's in me, mm -hmm. and they want to stop that. Why would some person just tell, text that to me like, hey, you know, this demon says they want to kill you. Okay, well, um, that's cool. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, join the club. Like, okay, like, it's not, you know, it won't, the first time, but it won't be the last time, right? So the thing is, I realized that it's not the person that wants to hurt me. It's the spirit behind that person, right? So these things are real, and the thing is we, we haven't really, the world has kind of classified them and put them in mental institutions, right? Oh, that one's bipolar, and that one's schizophrenic, and this one's this and that. Now, some do have mental illnesses, but then there's also demonic possessions. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Nef Nefarious. Oh, it's super good. I watched it, and it was about the serial killer that killed all these people, and he was saying that, hey, it's a demon that took over, you know, and then they're trying to see, they're trying to, um, what's that called? They're trying to uh, evaluate him to see if he's clinically insane or not, and he was just exposing the enemy and the lies of, of the enemy, and the thing is, there's some people that do have a mental illness, but there's also a lot of it is demonic. It's demonized. That's what the word calls it. And you know what? Jesus, <laughs> we don't talk about it, but 50% of Jesus' ministry was casting out demons. Now, it doesn't look like this thing like Emily Rose, and she's twisting her head around and climbing up a wall all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes it's like we're praying for people and they feel lighter. They felt something leave them. I mean, we've had, we've had some crazy encounters, but we're going to pass that. But anyways, yeah, we're going on tangents. But Okay, okay, I'll get focused. Thank you for my wife putting me, uh, telling me to get back into my place, right? <laughs> All right, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, right standing with God. What is the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes before the Father but through me. John chapter 14, verse 6. And the thing is, that truth is going to keep, so any type, okay, that's good, Lord. Any type of false accusations, any type of lies and deceit and manipulation from the enemy, you're going to be able to fight it with the truth. No, 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 that's not who I am. That's who I was. That's not who I am, right? I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, right? I've been transitioned from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. See, if Jesus had to fight Satan off with the word, what makes you think that you don't have to fight Satan with the word, right? Because Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, right? And, this, and the Holy Spirit came like a dove and, dis, and excuse me, descended upon him. And then it says immediately, you know, Jesus ripped, or God ripped open the heavens and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Then immediately the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to fast for 40 days, 40 nights, and to be tempted by Satan. Think about that. Okay, first of all, you ain't eating, right? And uh, whatever he's drinking, I don't know, it's probably not great. It's not this bottled water, right? <laughs> it's probably some murky pond, if that, but he's in the wilderness, right? And then you're getting tempted by Satan. But remember, Satan's like, hey, can you turn this, can you turn this 
uh, this rock, the stone into bread. And what did Jesus say? He didn't say, well, I could, but no. He said, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Right? And then the next temptation comes. Right? And so that's what I'm telling you is that we have to fight the enemy with the word of God. Um, yeah, so it's Ephesians chapter 6. Um, it's in the back. So if it's like right before, just so if anyone needs help finding it, it's before Galatians and it's after Colossians. I like to think of it like, okay, it's in the New Testament and you got to go almost halfway into it. Just like from the book of Revelation to that, it's almost about halfway and you'll, you'll find it. It's a really small book in the Bible. It's only six chapters. But the thing is, it's powerful. It's powerful stuff. Okay. All right, I'm going to keep reading, guys. Verse 15. And having the shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Did you see how it said preparation? You have to prepare. That means you have to dwell. You have to be in the Lord's presence. You are reading your word, and now I can walk with the gospel peace. You were supposed to bring it. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? It's not like it's anything else. It's on your feet for a reason. You're traveling with it. You're sharing the good news with people. Mm-hmm. You're setting the captives free, right? And you're bringing peace. Everything you hear outside of the upon people and it's euphoric i mean sometimes it's sometimes like how i can um kind of describe it and the closest thing to it it's like you smoke a whole joint but not being like high like it's like a euphoric like it's like oh my gosh this feels amazing but i can still you know i mean i'm not uh, under the influence i guess anyways okay verse 16 above all taking the shield of faith which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one now, taking up the shield of faith is huge, right? It says, faith without works is dead, right? So you have to put your faith to something. If you don't think, like, okay, for you to be a real believer, you have to step out in faith. This is to walk by faith and not by sight, right? And how do you build faith? How do you build faith? By hearing and hearing the Word of God. What you're doing right now, your faith is being developed. Your faith is growing from a premature state to a mature state where you'll be able to teach. (laughs) She's getting it. And uh, you will start to grow and your faith will represent what you believe. And then your faith will demonstrate the power of God, right? Because it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And whosoever comes to him must know who he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means consistently seek him. So I'm just giving you scripture because that's why, because the word has been abiding in me and I've been abiding in the word. Okay, verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you see why we put on the helmet? Why do we need a helmet, guys? Protect our mind, protect our brain, right? Like, I'm not going to go to a war zone and not have my helmet. I'm just asking to get shot in the head. The thing is why God has given us the helmet of our salvation, because we have to remember that we are saved, that we are born again, that we can take every thought captive. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So that means any type of intrusive thought, any type of, of your past, any type of hate, jealousy, greed, pride, you can block it with the helmet of salvation. You take it captive. And I want to teach you guys because I don't, I'm not here to raise babies. I'm here to raise soldiers and send you out and you do your ministry and you do what God's called you to do. Because you don't have to be a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet, apostle, a teacher. You can be a man and woman of God wherever you're at. And God can use you if you just say yes. I've prayed for so many people to get healed. I've prayed for at least 100 people at ASU. And I was doing shipping and receiving. Just receiving packages from Amazon, from UPS, from FedEx. And people would just get healed. I mean, just tons of people. And the thing is, I'm not, I don't have my own church. or I don't have, you know, a building or... Imagine if I just kept Jesus in a box on Sunday for an hour. That sucks. That's not worth, like, that's not worth this Christian life. There's more to it, I promise you. I'm, I'm an example of it. So anyways, going along. So look at that. It says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is your sword. Do not leave without your sword. This is what fights the enemy back. This is what pushes them at bay. This is when I like cast out demons out of people and I share the word. They're like, ugh, they hate it. They don't like it. So it works. <laughs> and this also is so powerful because say, let's just say you get a thought or let's say you get a temptation. I fight it with the word. I say, you know, God, I'm not, I'm, I say, whoever Satan's trying to put a, you know, a thought in my mind of my past, I said, no, I've been delivered from the powers of darkness, and I've been conveyed into the kingdom of his son and his love. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. And you're like asking me, Christian, how do you remember all these verses? It's not because I'm a scribe or, 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 or a theologian. I would get a sticky note card, and I would write them, and I would put them at my desk. And then any time I thought of something, I would just read it and be like, okay. Because I don't expect you, or no one expects you to memorize the word. I'm not here to memorize the word. I'm here to become the word. Mm-hmm. I'm here to manifest the word of God wherever I go. That's what Jesus paid for, that I could represent him. It says to conform into the image of his son. That's Jesus. And I love how you said how Jesus told the devil, it is written, and that's what we're to do. We're to like, talk back to the demon. Yeah. It is written. No, I have, I found that. No, I have the Yeah, and a lot of Christians are passive. We just like we just fight a thought with a thought, and that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to fight that thought by the word of God and us declaring. If God's giving you a voice, use it. Use it. If the temptation comes, you know, like oh, I want to go to the strip club. No, be like no, I'm not gonna. I'm. It says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh, right? I have to fight that. Like, I'm not going to fulfill the desires of my flesh. I have to, I literally have to say something. We're like, oh, I want to go to the bar and just get wasted. It says, you know, to be, it says, uh, to be sober-minded, to be vigilant for your adversaries running to and fro the earth like a roaring lion, whom he may devour, right? So as I'm saying, like, as time goes, I had to really fight the stuff. Was it hard? Of course. But did it get easier as I truly abided and dwelled with God? Absolutely. He's faithful. And that's like what Pastor Carmen used to say about if you're 
in your head, yeah. counting to ten, and then I say, say your name, you start talking, you stop counting. So it's important to say it out loud. Yes. To have it in your head. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely. Because the thing is, is that you have to replace that thought with the Word of God. You have to replace that thought. It says, think of things that are above, not beneath. Think of things of good report that are noble, that are holy, or whatever, you know, of good report, right? I'm a follower of God, and then okay. I have my breastplate of righteousness. I go through all of it. So I'm okay. Okay. That's huge. But you're saying I should say, thank you that I already have the helmet of salvation. Thank you that I already yeah. have my breastplate of righteousness, because I'm not yeah. taking it off every day. Well, if I took off my armor during when I go to sleep, there's a lot of people that get night terrors. You ever heard of them? Mm-hmm. I used to get them all the time, and it's really demonic because um, they would always leave at the name of Jesus because I would have these times where I was in the world, and th- uh, the world calls it sleep paralysis. That's what they call it. But the thing is, you end up not moving. So you're, you're, you're conscious, but you're not conscious. You're in and out. But really, you're in the spirit realm. And I would see dark entities and see all this stuff, but the thing is, they all leave at the name of Jesus. All of it. All these people that get alien abductions and stuff like that, they do research and they're like, oh, well, that's kind of crazy. They leave it the name of Jesus. I wonder why. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, like, let's just connect the dots here. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, I, it just seems like, it's just like people are so smart, but they're so stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're, they're so in their, in, their, in their analytical and logical and reasoning mind that they have no faith in God when really God gave them that mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe because they say it in Spanish or English. Or that, yeah, it's, they're all going to come out. All right, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in, in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is a representative of a ruling authority. That's what we are. We are a representative of a ruling authority. We are the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Ambassadors would be chosen from the ranks of mature, experienced men to be ambassadors for Christ's necessities, spiritual maturity. So when you can really represent Christ, you grow into the spiritual maturity. And going back to say praying in all prayer, right? Praying in the spirit, right? Speaking in tongues or praying in your native language, right? That, I'm telling you, you go in communication with the Lord at all times. You're going to be so filled. You're going to be so built up, right? That you're going to overflow, and you're just going to spill on people. And they're going to get Jesus juice all over them, right? <laughs> this, and the thing is, is that if I let the world and everyone's baggage, right? Because I have my own. Then I got my wife. And then I got the ministry. What people call me about and share all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is heavy. You know what I mean? But if I get so filled with prayer, with being in the Word, with spending time with the Lord... That stuff has nowhere to land. That stuff has nowhere to stick. It's like the film that kind of the Lord just kind of flicks off because I'm so filled with it. And that's the thing is that 
you're not going to be able to help anybody if you don't get set free, if you don't get delivered, if you don't get healed, if you don't really truly surrender to God. You can't be a true ambassador for the kingdom of God. And he wants each and every one of us to be an ambassador. You're not here just to wait on God to use you. God wants to use you now, right now. If you're breathing, God wants to use you. I don't care if you're 73 and I don't care if you're 19 years old. God wants to use you. I've seen God use a little girl named Amaya, six years old, and she loves Jesus and she prays and she worships and people get healed with headaches. Wild stuff. God will even use a child. He used a donkey. He'll use anything, okay? <laughs> but um, what I want to share with you is that we have to persevere in the midst of trials and tribulation, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of any circumstance, okay? And I'm going to share these scriptures with you real quick. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. You don't have to go, but you can just write them down. And you can look them up. And I, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you guys. I want you to confess these scriptures. I want you to confess them either once, twice, whatever you feel like. And see if it doesn't start changing your thoughts, your mind, your heart. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And it says, <clears throat> 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Do you see that? Jesus is there to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is there for to help you not to sin, but to be righteous, to walk holy, to walk pure, right? Okay, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Tell me if I'm going too fast. I'll slow down. 1 John Chapter 4, verse 4. This is a great one. I, I say this all the time. First John, what? 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. And it says, You are of God, little children. That means we are children of God. And have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Imagine you say that when the enemy's putting a, a negative thought in your mind. Or say that, you know, your boss is ramming you and he's on your case and he's... To say, God, I thank you that the greater one lives in me. Mm-hmm. I thank you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, you say that, even if it's under your breath, you go in the bathroom, wherever you're at, you'll see it change. You'll see a lift. It'll come off. It won't have, they won't stay. The thing is, Satan and his minions do not stay in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. They got kicked out of there. They don't want to go back. They don't want anything to do with it. And when the light shines, darkness must flee must fade away, right? Okay, another verse, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Glory to God, thank you, Jesus. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. This is one of my favorite verses. And it says, And they overcame him, who's him? Satan. By the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of the Lamb of their testimony and they did not love their lives unto death think about that we overcome satan's attacks through the blood of jesus christ and the word of our testimony do you know what that means so when i go and minister to people and i'm out about i share my testimony with people and they're able 
to relate to that because they don't see me as a goody two-shoes anymore. They say, wait, he's like me. Or he has a similar background as me. There, a, one, a wise man said that people don't relate on each other's, um, on their strengths. People relate to each other on their weaknesses. You're able to be transparent. You're able to talk things out. So I'm, if I tell you like, hey, I went from hell and back, and God will do the same for you, then there's hope. There is good news in that, right? So um, I think that's all I have for you guys. Does anybody else um, want anything or, or want to share anything? Okay, well, let's, let's, uh, let's pray out. Oh, anybody online? And you guys have any questions or anything uh, you want to ask or add? Okay, cool. All right, Father God, we thank you that you've given us your word to fight back the enemy. We thank you, Lord God, that we will not just be listeners of the word, but we doers of the word. And we thank you that, Lord God, that we will not conform to this world, but we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind. What is acceptable excuse me, what is acceptable, what is uh, good, and what is the perfect will of God in our lives. That, Lord God, we thank you, Jesus, that you have overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we didn't love our lives unto death. Lord God, help us and encourage us, Lord God, to fight back the enemy and not be passive Christians, but be aggressive. It says the violent take it by force, right? And, Lord God, we thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit. That is the great teacher that's teaching us all things. And that you would explain the word to us and we would grow in revelation and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that your grace would empower us and it would strengthen us in, your, in our weakness. It says that your grace is made sufficient in our weakness. That we are perfected by your grace. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're helping us in our weakness. When we don't know what to pray, we let you take over. We let you use us as a mouthpiece. And we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your amazing grace upon each and every person's life who's here, who's online, and who is going to listen into the future, Lord God. I ask you that you bless them, Lord God. You would anoint them, that you would appoint them to what they're called to do, their purpose, Lord God, but also that you would set them free, that you would give them uh, healing in their body, that you would show them that they can be free from addictions, they can be free from those suicidal thoughts, and they can have the mind of Christ, that they can be truly delivered and never have to go back. And we give the glory, honor, and power, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for coming. I appreciate you guys. Um, if anyone needs prayer for anything, I'm going to push it back here. So, um, or if you guys want to eat, by all means, do what you got to do. But you guys are dismissed. Right? <laughs>